Well, God's good. Hallelujah. Did you come to receive? All right. We're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30, please. Is where we're going to spend most of our time probably today. Hallelujah. God is good. I mean, oh, the devil's bad, but God is good. And um, we have, of course, over the last couple months been doing a, you know, working through a series about talking about our faith. And we talked about some uh, last several weeks about hindrances to our faith and uh, things that get in the way of it, roadblocks, I guess we were calling it. And, uh, uh, well, this could actually be somewhat a part of that, too, but uh, I just kind of felt my heart. I wanted to start right here in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. He said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Look at your neighbor and say, choose life. I mean, that makes sense, right? Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So it doesn't only just affect you, it affects your descendants, affects those around you. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, He's your life. He is your life and the length of your days. So not only uh, talking about your life, hallelujah, but in the sense of uh, length of days referring to longevity. Amen. So the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land, amen, or, or take possession of that which is promised you, that land of promise, amen, which the Lord swore to your fathers, uh, to our patriarchs of faith, amen, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, to give them. And that same promise holds to you and me. Uh, we see that throughout the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, praise God. Hallelujah. But the Word says, He is your life. I mean, oh, the Father is your life. God is your life. I said, God is your life. Hallelujah. God is your life. Amen. Uh, real quick, John 10, 10. It was actually quoted earlier, but the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. Who does that? The thief. Now, in context, talking about Satan. All right. So we know that to, to be true. Uh, Satan comes. He's a thief. Hallelujah. He, he's, uh, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I've come. This is Jesus talking. I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Look at your neighbor and say, I, I choose him. I choose Hallelujah. How I many want life? I like the life, and I like the fact that it, we can have it even more abundantly, an abundant life. That's actually the word uh, zoe, is the Greek word zoe, which means absolute life, uh, fr free from darkness, free from the curse, uh, free from uh, you know, anything uh, of, of destruction or ruin. In other words, free from anything the enemy's trying to do. Praise God. So I'd rather have the abundant life and not this stealing, killing, and destroying thing. Anybody in agreement with that? Yeah. All right. So the, the scripture also says, John, or pardon me, Paul himself made the statement in Acts 17 and 28. He said, For in him we live and move and we have our being, right? In him we have life, amen, that same life, amen. We move, in other words, we're motivated to move forward and we have, uh, he is our being. In other words, we have purpose, amen. We have an understanding that we have calling and purpose, praise God. So in him, everybody say, in him. In Him, of course, obviously he was talking about some other things in context. But he brings it out. In Him, we live and move and have our being. Back to Deuteronomy, praise God. Hallelujah says, He is our life. He is our life, period. You want life? You're only going to find it in Him. Real life is only in Him. Are you with me? 
Hallelujah. This is, this is uh, uh, what we want. We want life. So let's back up here. Let's look at a few things here. Hallelujah. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses uh, today against you. In other words, I've, uh, and then just for the record, okay. Now what he's saying here, what the Father's talking about here, he's talking to the children of Israel. He just got done over the last several chapters here talking about the difference between the blessing and the curse. What it means. He's defining it for him. He's laying it out there for him, explaining it to him, okay? And that's what he's talking about. I'm calling heaven and earth as witnesses today. In other words, I'm calling you all to record today. You ain't going to be able to say, I didn't know. All right? Now, around here, we try to take our time and, and define things and try to bring things out in a way that you can understand things. Amen. That's what we try to do. Thank you for that vote of confidence there. Amen. That's what we try to do. Amen, because we don't want you walking away or someday, you know, standing before the master and say, well, Pastor Jerry didn't tell me. How I many know that you ain't going to get away with that? Because huh? what he's going to do, you know, because I know this is exactly what he's going to do. Up, up from behind you, there's going to be this big screen that's going to come up, Pastor Jerry doing this. Right? <laughs> so you're going to know, oh, that's right, he did tell me. All right, so anyway, he says here, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, okay? Now, what he's saying is I laid it out here. I'm laying it before you so you understand it. Now, in context, what's happening uh, during, during the time of this, uh, they are right now standing uh, between what we call maybe in a sense a valley of decision, okay, a valley that stands between two mountains, okay? Uh, well, we, they call them mountains. We call them a hill. Uh, but uh, they're only like about 3,000 uh, 3, foot in elevation. So both of them are about the elevation of Redmond. Um, but uh, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal are the two. And they're only about a mile apart from basically top to top. It's about a mile apart. And what they got now, they're all standing, all the children of Israel, Moses, everybody's all standing in between uh, these two uh, mountains. They call them mountains, okay? And so they're, uh, they're standing here making declarations, okay? And, and what they're doing, you got a big group standing on Mount Ebal, and then one big group kind of standing at the foot of Gerizim. Gerizim, I think is how it's pronounced. Gerizim, I think that's it. Well, anyway, uh, Gerizim has uh, got vegetation on it. Um, in fact, I've seen pictures of this. I don't know that it holds to this every season or every year, uh, but I've seen uh, actual photos of this, um, exactly what they're standing here. And so uh, Gerizim has this vegetation off. The whole, the whole hill itself is just green, okay? But you get, you know, just one, you know, we're only talking, you know, goes down and back up and just a mile, uh, you know, between the two uh, summits or the top of each hill there and, you have over here in Ebal, in Mount Ebal, is just a, a wilderness. Okay, it has nothing on it. It's just dead. Looks like nothing. Real barren. Just has nothing on it. And so, what they're doing, he, uh, the Lord is taking advantage of this, and He's using it. And so, they're, He's trying to declare the blessing and the curse. And so, if you kind of maybe maybe if you do this, let's do this real quick. Let's jump back to like chapter. Uh, 28. Let's do that. I told her back there, I, I don't know where we're going to go with this. This may um, be all over the map here a little bit, but uh, chapter 28. And uh, you actually see a lot of this already started in, in chapter 27. Um, but what they've got, in fact, it even tells you there that they're standing at the, at, at, you know, each one standing at the foot here. So you got one big group shouting the blessing, 
And one big group over here shouting the curse, okay, is what's going on. And they're trying, he's trying to bring it across to them the difference between the blessing and the curse. Are you with me? The Lord's trying to make, make a point here. Now, he says this, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments. And that word literally means utterances. Now, he just got in saying obeying the voice. Everybody say the voice. voice. He's not just talking about the Ten Commandments here. He's talking about every time God, you know, utters something, speaks something to you. How many know when God speaks something to you, it's not a suggestion? It's not just some good advice that he hopes you do. Come on now. When he says something to you, it's something that needs to be taken serious, and that's what he's talking about. You've got to take serious when I speak to you. Okay, take this stuff serious, all right? To observe carefully all those commands or utterances, which I command you today. Everybody say today. today. The word, in fact, very clear. Even Psalms 95, we see in Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4. Amen. Makes it real clear. Amen. Today, if you will hear his voice. Today, if you will hear his voice. Today, if you will hear his voice. How I many know hearing the voice is critical? So he says, you not only got to hear it, you got to be willing to follow it. Praise God. He says that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. All right. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey, because you obey, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. All right. Then it goes on. Okay. Blessed. So we got one group saying, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Next. Hallelujah. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Verse 5. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed. Hallelujah. Shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Number 7. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and they shall flee before you Seven ways. Hallelujah. This is still part of the blessing. The Lord, hallelujah, will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Amen. We could say nowadays your accounts. Come on. And in all that which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord. I'm, I'm shouting. Ain't I? I'm just shouting. Are you getting this? I just realized I'm still shouting. He will bless you in the land which the Lord uh, your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that, that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Literally, should res- they're going to have respect and honor because they're going to see God all over you. Yes. They're not going to want to mess with you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and the increase of you. He kind of repeats it in the li- your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land which, which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, yeah. the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, the head and not the tail above only and not beneath above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments the utterances when he talks hallelujah which i command you today and every time you read that it updates and are careful to observe them this is serious 
so that you shall not turn aside from any of the words, look at that, which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commands and his statutes, the things that he commands you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And then he just repeats the same thing we just did for the next several verses. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the, you know, in the country, in your basket, your kneading bowl, your fruit, blah, 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 all this kind of curses. So what we have is one side they're, 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 they're speaking, you know, as he's reading, he's, they start speaking the blessing. And over here, they're declaring the curse. They're trying to get it across. What do you want? Abundance or barrenness? So this chapter goes on, and for whatever, I think I even touched on this briefly last week. Listen, you don't have to. The curse is out there. <laughs> just, just listen to the news. Uh, well, don't do that. This, this is horrible. You get so depressed, it's pathetic. Um, you know, they're, they're just, all you have to just take a look. Curse is everywhere, but the blessing's also out there. It's just, it's ready for you. So he's just saying, if you follow me, you walk in the blessing. If you don't, you, you become now subject to everything else that's out there. Are you with me? All right. So now I, I just thought I ain't got time to read all this or I'd, I'd be hoarse by the time we got done. But if you get all the way through here, you notice that the rest of the chapter, okay, is talking about the curse. So he lists basically everything he did in those first 13, 14 verses. But then he reverses it saying, if you don't you know, follow God, then, then all this other stuff, all the bad, the bad side of this all begins to happen. But then he begins to define it. And you get into like verse 25, kind of in that area. It talks about sickness and disease and illness. You get down to like verse uh, 28. It talks about mental issues. Uh, you, you get further down, it talks about relational issues, marriage issues, um, talks about problems with your assets and possessions. You get a little bit further down, talks about issues with your kids and your family. You get a little bit further down, and he talks about your business and, and financial endeavors and how they go south on you. you. Go a little bit further on, it talks about how you're going to have so much debt you don't know what to do with. You go a little bit further down, he starts talking about all the pressure that starts hitting you from all this other stuff. And then he wraps up about the last 20 verses talking about bondage, slavery, sickness, disease, and plagues. Aren't you glad I didn't read all that? You'd all be crying and boo-hooing and running out the door. Because it's pretty sad when you read it all, but it says all that stuff's listed under the curse. Now, somebody says, well, why did he take so much and list so much about the curse? Because we have a tendency to cope with it, and we have a tendency to just let it lead us. So he wants to let you know that this here that you got going in your life may not be the blessing. It might actually be the curse. Now, nobody wants to find that out, and nobody wants the preacher to say, you got curse all over you. Nobody wants to do that, but, you know, you get back now into Deuteronomy chapter 30, and, and it actually goes on through 29. In fact, I tell you what, just, just, just amuse me. Uh, chapter 29, verse 19. 
It says, and so it may, uh, so and so it may not happen when the, when the hear when the hears or when he hears the words, pardon me, of this curse that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, "I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my own heart, uh, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober." You say what? What he's saying is you can't go out and just say, well, this doesn't apply to me. Well, it might apply to you. Well, I don't believe that. It might apply to you. You can't go out and just say this, this may not apply to me. It's like the drunkard saying, I'm not drunk. I don't know what you're talking about. Give me the keys. No, I'm, I'm just as sober as you are. Yeah, I have a lot of experience with this. <laughs> Trudy was horrible. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Anyway. <laughs> what he's saying is, you know, you go around saying all day long, I, I'm not drunk. Well, it's pretty obvious. You get around the sober. You can't say you're sober because it's obvious you're acting different. You're acting whatever. Come on, so it's the same thing. You can't go around saying this don't apply to you just because, you know, you want to do what you want to do in your own heart and do whatever you want to do, live like you want to live, and talk like you want to talk, and act like you want to act. See, what the thing is this, is if you're going to live that way, you have to understand there may be some consequence to it. I said there may be some consequence to it. And nobody wants to hear that. Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning to hear it? Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning to hear it? A little better. So back in chapter 30, he says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. All right, I've set it out there. But now I'm asking you to choose life. So he says that you don't have to, you don't have to fall under the curse. All right. Are you with me? Life. Okay. Life and death. Okay. Several, several different words in here. Uh, uh, K is the word life here, the first one in here. It means alive, strong, vibrant, fresh, something living, something full of life. The word death, okay, means ruin, destruction. Literally means, listen, this word death here, okay, so in verse 19, uh, the word death means place of Hades. What it means is days like heaven on, or days like hell on earth is what it means. Okay, so the curse is like days like heaven on earth, whereas the blessings like days like heaven on earth. Are you with me? Just hang on to that. Okay, the blessing is defined as prosperity, progress, or success. Okay, this is just this is what, how it defines it. It refers to favor, to be extremely fortunate. Speaks of receiving the benefits and being bountiful. Okay. Blessed. And earlier on in Deuteronomy 11, he talks about days like heaven on earth. Literally says that. that. You can have days like heaven on earth. Jesus himself said the same thing. Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's he talking about? Days like heaven on earth. Or we cannot follow God, just do our own thing and take the risk of this thing called curse which is defined as depravity, decay, corruption, barrenness. Remember what we were talking about, the two, the two mountains, right? Decline, 
uh, uh, degradation, degradation, degradation. I don't know if I'm saying that right. What is it? Degradation. Thank you. Okay, degradation. And uh, degeneration, degeneracy. There we go. There's another word. Well, anyway, I had to look all that up, right? Uh, vilification. I had no clue what that meant, but it means de- uh, defamation. I should. Why didn't I give smaller words in here? Anyway, yeah. defamation, bastardization, and all—all all of it means this. All everything about your life is either going to be lost, stole, or destroyed. So now, when you go back and you look at the curse and everything it said there in chapter 28, primarily in chapter 28, it talks about everything about your life is either lost, stolen, or destroyed. Are you with me? Horrible. Now, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. I've come that you might have life. Now, hang on to that. Your life is hidden in me, Colossians 3 tells us. Amen. Your life is in me. That's what he said. Your life's in me. The life you want is in me. So he says, choose life. Back there to uh, verse 19 again of chapter 30. Choose life, amen, that what? Both you and your descendants may live. Now, this is critical. I choose life not just because I want to have increase in my life primarily. I want to choose life because it affects my family. It affects my loved one. It affects my church. I choose life because it's, it's not just about me. Anybody else in here with me? I choose life because it affects those around me. Now, I get benefit out of it. Praise ye the Lord. I like, I like the benefits. I like the blessing. Amen. I enjoy the blessing, Um, and whether you like the fact that I'm blessed or not is irrelevant to me because I always look at it this way. Everybody has a right to it. Everybody can have it. Nobody's excluded from it. This, none of, nobody is, is, God doesn't say, I'm only going to do this for you, 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 and you, and not you. No, everybody, it's open to everybody who wants it. All he's asking is choose me. Choose me. If you choose me, you have the the vegetation, the blessing, the increase, the abundance, the fruitfulness. When you don't, you have this. Barrenness, nothing but decay, corruption, nothing lives over there. What do you want? So he says, it's your choice. See, they're all standing down here shouting the blessing and the curse. They're trying to make a point. He says, what do you want? And even Joshua, after you know the, the first generation, of course, obviously didn't choose life. Come on, somebody. So the, the word is very clear that the only reason they roamed around in a wilderness for 40 years is because they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. Okay, so all of a sudden now they're roaming around for a wilderness and they all become uh, basically fertilizer. Next generation goes in, 
Joshua take Joshua and Caleb, bring them in. Joshua goes in. Uh, they, they have a, they, he hears God of what he's supposed to do with, with Jericho. They take Jericho, they, a phenomenal miracle that happened there. He was led, 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 he was led what to do. Nothing was too complicated. I want you to march around the city every day one time for six days. On the seventh day, you will march around that city seven times. And when you're done, we will blow the horns and you will all shout a victory shout and the walls will come down. Nothing too hard, nothing complicated. 99% of the time when there's a word of the Lord to you, it's simple, simple, simple instructions. Shut thy mouth. But shut thy mouth. Why? Because you like the blessing, not the curse. There's so many simple instructions that God gives us that we just ignore because we think his little witness on the inside, that little word from above, is just a friendly suggestion. And then we wonder why the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying. So, it becomes very critical. So, what do you want? Well, I want the blessing. So, you're going to have to make a decision. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. The word live here is a different word. It literally means to experience life, to be nourished, quickened, revived, restored, repaired, recovery, all that speaks. So in other words, you want to, you want to turn things around? Choose life. The word choice, you might as well define it. It means to select, decide, or determine something. But get this, it means to single out, resolve, or to settle upon, or to aim at kind of a deal. But remember, it's not just about uh, making a selection, but rather about a resolution. Are you with me? Now, this is going to come up here before long. Now, the point I'm trying to make is this. Okay, we've all made wrong choices. Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Yes. Stay with me here. I don't want to have to do this every week. Okay, so as I, I brought something out last week, I talked about condemnation and guilt and shame that tries to hit you, how it can be a thing that can literally cut off your faith because the enemy is so good at it. Okay, he'll get you to do something you know you probably shouldn't do and say something you shouldn't say, act in a way you shouldn't act, and then he'll turn around and condemn you for it. Because the idea is to shut you down. The whole time you have access to the Father, he's trying to shut you down. If he can shut you down, he's got you. 
He can go in and continue to ransack. Because that's what he does. Now, we're not here to give the enemy any glory. All I'm saying is that's how the enemy works. So God says this, choose life. But see, the important or, or the, the implication is you keep choosing life because the implication is so that your descendants may live in, in, in a sense of, again, define that again. It is defined as, uh, let's see, let me find it here. There it is. To experience life, nourish, quicken, revive, restore, recover, which means that even though maybe something has happened or something isn't going right, if I keep choosing life, we can restore something. We can recover something. We can revive something, replace something if we have to. See, the, it's always open. That's the point I'm trying to make. You know, we, we've all made the dumb errors. We've all made the decision. We've all had the spirit of stupid just get on it. And it tries to put you in a headlock. We've been there. But see, what he's saying is that you can take that and wham, throw him down and say, I choose life. So all of a sudden now you can can make a shift and a change. And and by the way, your Lord and Savior made that possible. Oh, hallelujah. So he made made it possible that even though I might have just erred, he can bring something just by me choosing to follow him. Somebody says, well, what, you know, God has a plan A, and I already screwed up plan A. I think I'm down to, like, plan Q. (laughs) But, see, every time you go to God, what you don't, what most people don't recognize is every time you go to God, he always gives you plan A. It's always plan A with him. Somebody said, well, I already messed up plan. No, no, no. He's taking into consideration everything that's already happened. And now what do you do? Well, follow him. Plan A. Follow me. I'll get you through all this mess. Amen. Everybody say plan A. Say your neighbor, I choose plan A. Amen. So he says, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now, verse 20, we're back in, I think that's where we are. All right. Now. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is, for he is, for he is your, your life. So he says, choose life. He's talking about him. Choose me. You're in a valley of a choice, a decision right now. What do you do? Choose him. Right. You know. Trudy, I think, was it last week or something? She made a statement about, uh, you remember all the little wristbands we used to always have, the WWJD, right? WWJD. What would John Wayne do, right? <laughs> Jesus do. Anyway. Yeah, I like John Wayne too. Anyway, but uh, anyway, so, uh, but what would Jesus do, right? What would Jesus do? Well, it, you know, that was all cool. That's, that's wonderful. That's kind of cool. But, you know, after about the first day or two, you forgot you had the wristband on. And you didn't do what Jesus would do while you're standing with a wristband point. Oh, mad, huffy, and puffy. What, you got? what would Jesus do? Wristband on your wrist. It's like, whoops, I forgot what I got on my wrist. Now, we've all been there, done those kind of things. And uh, so uh, the point is that I'm trying to bring out here is 
Uh, stop, hold it, brakes. Right now, stop, choose life. Well, I think I pretty much blew that out the water here today. Oh, oh well, we're going to stop. We're going to choose life because God can revive something, restore something. Come on, somebody. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Oh, I remember one time, oh, my gosh. I very rarely ever make a mistake. But when I do, no, I made a lot of them. Anyway, I remember one time working in the mill, and I'm running this machine, and it's a big old, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big jig. I had to run, and, and it has these big shaper heads, and, and uh, so I'm running parts for doors, and I'm doing all this kind of stuff, running panels and stuff, and so I'm just sitting there running this thing, and I was a little upset because I had to do this job because it's about as unsafe as it gets, and I was kind of grumbling and griping and complaining and uh, murmuring and, and murmuring and griping and complaining and <laughs> complaining, griping and murmuring and... Did I mention I was murmuring? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was all upset. So anyway, um, sometimes when you're doing that machine, sometimes if it catches a, a wood grain just right, it'll bust the part and just it'll blow up right in your face. Well, this particular time it did. Poosh, 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 just, just flying everywhere and hits me. And, and I, I took, that, took that jig and I turned back on the backside of that cage and I, chwah, I chucked it. It was about, you know, about that big, made out of maple, big clamps on it, and it's flying. And I'm going, no! Too late. And at that time, it was, you know, it was working in the mill, and there was, at the time, they were the largest employer in Central Oregon, and I think every employee was standing right there and saw it. And they all went, preacher man. <laughs> well, no getting out of that one. <laughs> Parts flying everywhere. <laughs> well, might as well go home. <laughs> or... I can choose life. What would Jesus do? <laughs> well, not that. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about from this moment on. What would Jesus do? Well, I had to go make some things right. I had to go apologize. I had people that stood there and they said, man, I get it, man. I understand. I wouldn't like it either. And I'd make me mad. No, no. Time out. Breaks. Hold it. Nothing about what I just did is excused. I don't care how mad, how upset, what went wrong. Come on, somebody. I had to go make it right. Are you hearing me? And I mean, I had to go make it right. And I did that. Now, it paid off in the end. But everybody say, choose life. You choose life, okay? Now, aren't you glad we're talking about my mistakes and not yours? Look at your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. Now, Verse 30, let's look at this, okay, because there's a way to choose life, okay? Now, <clears throat> verse uh, 30, verse 20, pardon me, verse 20, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 30, verse 20. In the New Living Translation, it says this way. I thought it was kind of good how it says it. It says that you can make this choice, you can make this choice by loving the Lord 
obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him for this is the key to your life. Praise God. And so I, I believe that's exactly what he's talking about here. So he's letting him know, I've already laid everything out. I've showed you how this all works. I showed you the difference between the blessing and the curse. All you have to do is just look up, okay, uh, and look at this one. You see nothing but vegetation, green, everything flourishing, everything wonderful on this side, everything barren. Okay, blessing, curse, blessing, curse. Remember, what do you want? What do you want? Choose, choose life, choose me. Now, how do you do that? Well, he tells you in verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. There's three things. Are you with me? Now, you want to know them things? You think, you know, well, okay, I got to love God. Well, I love God. Well, okay, well, let's find out what it really means, okay? So the word love here is ahab, okay, which means to, uh, to befriend, associate, okay, it means to be, make a dear companion, to be affectionate, speaks of attachment and devotion, okay? So what it's talking about here, okay, to choose life, he's saying the first thing that's going to start is loving him by keeping company and walking with him, fellowship with him, communing with him. Be a friend to God. Moses, earlier on, Moses, the word said Moses uh, talked uh, to God face to face as a man would talk to a friend. Everybody say friend. friend. It starts with intimacy with God. Intimacy makes people nervous. It's true. Because intimacy equals vulnerability. Nobody really likes to be vulnerable. But intimacy, we're talking about here not just saying out your mouth, I love God. You love God, yes, and I love apple pie and baseball. Oh, and my dog. So you can't, you can't throw God in that same mix. That ain't what we're talking about here. We're not talking about just some, you know, sense of, you know, you know, you know I, I care highly for you. I told my wife that one time. That didn't go over good. <clears throat> Just joking around though, because I always say, I love you, I love you, I love you. She's like, so tired of you saying, I, lo I love you. Just stop it. I said, okay then, I care highly for you. She said, don't say that either. <laughs> I didn't go good either. Okay, wait, whatever. Anyway, the point is, praise God. So to say you love God, what we're talking about here, this word here, okay, is about making him a companion, becoming intimate with him. Okay, not just verbally saying something out your mouth, but in the sense of, amen, he's my friend. I commune with him. In fact, I believe it's uh, uh, earlier on. I don't know if I gave him the reference back there or not, but it's in uh, Exodus 33, actually. And it talks about Moses um, going up, you know, and the word says, you know, he had this conversation with God. But uh, earlier on, it talks about him going in and out of the tent of meeting. So he would go in there, commune with God. Now, remember, the, during the day, Okay, there's a pillar of, of cloud standing in front of the tent, literally a pillar of cloud that would stay in front of the tent of meeting, okay? And at night it would turn into a pillar of fire. So Moses would go into the tent of meeting, commune with God, get his marching orders, and then come out. And in Exodus 33, it says that Joshua would also go in there with him. And that, and that, and, and that particular time it says that Joshua didn't leave. Joshua stayed in there continue to fellowship with God. And then, remember now, he's the one that takes the second generation in. Why do you think he got picked to do that? Well, because he's Moses' right-hand man. Well, no, no, no. It was because he took the time to develop a relationship with God. Now, I was saying earlier, and I didn't finish this, but, but uh, 
um, when, they, when they marched around Jericho, he got the marching orders how to do it, and they did exactly what it did, and it came down just like he said. Am I right? Okay. And he even had a warning, what you don't do. Of course, they violated that, and then we had issues, and Joshua gets mad at God because, hey, wait a minute. How come the curse is manifesting? He said, well, you didn't do what I asked you to do. He said, well, yes, I did. No, you didn't. So then they get to the bottom of it and find out what the problem was, and they got it dealt with. Bang. Next, you know, next city they go in is AI. Come on. But still, Joshua's still not totally getting it because, listen, because AI, they think, you know, it's just a little t- city called Terabon. We can take Terabon. Just a few people there. We'll go in there. We'll just send a few people. No sense everybody, you know, getting out of bed today. We'll just take a few people. Well, he didn't get the word of the Lord. So AI, Terabon, sent them back with their tail between their legs. Come on, somebody, because he didn't get the word of the Lord. Now, is anybody hearing me? Okay. See, Joshua's learning. Okay. The key is become intimate to the point that now you know his voice. And you take the time to hear his voice because that's the next one. Come on, somebody. Right? Huh? Verse 20 again. Are you with me or not? Am I boring you? This will save your life. That you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice. Because that's the next thing is about hearing it, hearing him and and obeying. In fact, the word obey here is uh, the word uh, shema is the Hebrew word. And it means to hear with the intent to do it. To give attention and regard to it. And literally means to give agreement or to say yes. Everybody say yes. Okay. You know, at the military, they teach you that. Do this. Yes, sir. So if somebody, first time somebody says, I don't know. Where do you think that's going to get you? Well, the curse. At least by halfway into it, you're going to think, this is the curse. So God just says, I want you to say yes. When I lead you, follow. Please. Okay. Follow. Follow, right? Follow. Everybody say follow. follow. All right. So follow. All right. So you hear and then you follow. All right. So somebody said, well, I'm not hearing anything. Then let's get intimate. It's going to take time. Commune with God. When the word says, listen, the one thing that all the patriarchs of faith had in common was the word says you can almost find on every single one of them. They walked with God. They walked with God. What does that mean? They conversed. Literally means to to carry on a conversation, to commune with, to walk alongside, to commune with as a man would with a friend. So all God's asking is be, be a friend to me. Let me be your friend. Let's commune. Let's fellowship. And when you do that, all of a sudden now you start picking up. Leadings, biddings, promptings, amen. Everything starts getting clearer and clearer. Then he says, all I need you to do now is just follow that. You remember the uh, uh, Psalms 14 and 1? I think it's also in Psalms 53 and 1. It says, uh, you know, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Remember that? Do you know that's not how it says it? There is, is italicized. It's actually not in the Hebrew. So here's what a fool says in his heart. No, God. Everybody say fool. fool. 
You get into Matthew 7, Jesus talking about the difference between the wise and the foolish. It comes right down to this. One said yes, one said no. Are you still with me? It's all it is. So God's trying to lead. God's trying to direct. Why? Because I like the blessing. And I want my family. It's not, it doesn't just affect me. It affects my family. So I like to follow. Now, I brought out my, uh, I, I repented in front of the congregation last week when I said that, okay, I had a situation that happened. It was a, more of a financial type thing. And the Spirit of God uh, I was going down a certain road. I knew that I was supposed to do this, 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 this. And the Spirit of God brought something up, and I, it, didn't, it didn't click with me. It didn't register because it seemed like it was going cross-grain. So I, 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 I rege- negated it because I felt like that's the enemy trying to mess with me. But it wasn't. It was God trying to save my bacon. So I negated it, went forward, I only got about two steps, and I went, oh, whoa, no, Uh uh-uh, curse, 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 curse. What happened? I I chose the wrong wrong thing, right? So I made a decision. I said, I'm going to fix this. God says, what are you doing? I'm trying to fix it. Oh, that'll work. That's what he said. Oh, that'll work. What he's trying to say is, stop. No more decisions. Hear me, please. Okay. So then he, he gave me a word, and I thought, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah. Choose Covenant, 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 covenant. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. I rebuke condemnation, guilt, hallelujah, and shame in Jesus' name. I choose my covenant. I'm a covenant man. Bang. Portal opens. Go through it. Hallelujah. Away from the curse. Hallelujah. Now, he says, well, that sounds simple. Exactly. But see, you have to have, you got to have some kind of intimacy with God. So God can actually talk to you about some of these things so that when he does give you a leading, you can now follow it. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? But then it says, and also cling. Isn't that what yours says? And that you may cling to him. Look at your name and say, cling to him. Hallelujah. For he is your life and the length of your days. Cling to him. So what does that mean? Well, the Hebrew word is dabak, okay, and uh, D-A-B-A-Q, and it just means to be joined together, stick together, abide fast, or seek after, or firmly embrace, okay? But it means to pursue hard, or to catch by pursuit, or to follow close after, okay? But what it's referring to is a commitment. So not only have I begun to develop a relationship Intimacy with God. Now I'm hearing. Remember now his sheep. Hear his voice. Know his voice. Come on, somebody, right? And follow his voice. Come on, right? Right, that's what we do. And if you really look at at, at John 10, okay, all of it's wrapped around following the voice of the shepherd. Follow the shepherd. Follow the shepherd. Follow the shepherd. Follow the shepherd. You want the blessing or do you want the curse? 
And he makes it clear. The devil comes to steal, kill, destroy. I come. He might have life and life abundant. So follow the good shepherd. Okay. Sound clear? All right. Right? Are you with me? All right. So, but now it says cling. Make a commitment. See, that's where a lot of times we miss it. We're not committed to this. You know, oh, well, God forgives. Grace, 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 grace. I can do what I want. It's okay. No, there's no commitment. In fact, the same word commitment here, uh, this cling word is the same word used in, is it Mark uh, 12, 30? Is that what it is? Remember this, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The word love here is agapeo, not agape, agapeo, which means a love with a commitment. So I'm committed. So that way, listen, why is that so important? Because somewhere along the line, you're going to do exactly what pastor did. You're going to make a wrong choice. And you might turn and go, whoops, what have I done? How committed to this are you? Well, I'm committed enough to stop right where I'm at and hear him again. Because I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Come on, right? Right, what's the next one? Strength, is that what it is, strength? or strong? Yeah, strength. So love God with everything. All right, so I'm committed to this. In fact, um, put uh, Romans 8. I always got to get Romans 8 in there, don't I? Romans 8, 28. Put that up there. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. How many love that verse? Do you know that word love is agapeo? See, all things are going to work together for good to those that are committed to God. Right? See, to those that are called to His purpose, according to... His part. In other words, I'm so committed to you. Whatever you want from me is what I do. Done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's what we do. See, it's going to take an intimacy. It's going to take a hearing and following. And it's going to take a commitment to this thing and staying with it. Look at your neighbor and say, stay with it. Did you get something today? Give God praise, everybody. Come on. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.